If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 117 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on October 24th, 2021. All right, my friends, before we get going, uh, after missing a week last Sunday, I want to first apologize and say thank you to each and every one of you for your patience with me having to take last week off the last minute. It was very last minute, but episode 117 is finally here, but last week I just, I couldn't do it. I had a personal matter that I'm, and I'm not going to say what it is and get into detail about it publicly, but I just wasn't in any headspace to put out content whatsoever, any sort of content last weekend, and... If I did, I'm convinced it would have just been hot garbage. So (laughs) I'd rather put out no content than put out bad content. So I just took a rare day off and I tabled episode 117 and its discussion from last week over to today along with this past week's discussion. So just combining everything. And besides, I'm sure my nuclear season-ending episode from two weeks ago held you over well anyway. So with that being said... I want to welcome you to my third year of off-season episodes here on Yapping Yankees, starting with this one today. Since I started this show in May or June of 2019, I did the 2019 off-season, last year's off-season, and now starting with today, of course, the 2021 off-season. And all the while, since we last spoke, our biggest arch-rival Red Sox faced off against our other favorite team, the Astros in the ALCS. Umpires are still as incompetent as ever, and our Yanks, throughout the entire thing, have watched all of it and more from their couches. Which, I hate to say, but it's the truth, seems to have become a regular thing year by year these last 12 seasons. But nonetheless, hey, at least they've started doing something by letting some coaches go, but also doing some more of the same by bringing back (laughs) you-know-who, which is obviously going to be all the main points of discussion for today here on this first 2021 off-season edition. And I was actually going to start the off-season by talking about Aaron Boone primarily, but then decided to push that to this week, what would have been episode 118, because of the coaching news from last week. But then Last week was an off week where I was going to discuss the coaching and then start today with Aaron Boone, so now I'm just combining all of it. But since we got the coaching news, we're going to start with that first, guys, and then we'll talk about Aaron Boone. And I've also got more planned beyond that. But first, just before I finish setting the table for you, just for any newcomers to the show who haven't heard any prior off-season episodes, I briefly mentioned it last week, but obviously with no games anymore until spring training... Just so you know, the format of the show changes a bit, my friends. Obviously, overall, especially on slower weeks, the episodes are going to be shorter, duh. 
and there aren't any games to recap. So for the most part, it's just me setting the table for you, like right now. Then we've got the social media segments with the main topic or topics of the week, and any Yankee news there is to discuss with my takes on them from the past week. And it's still a blast, as usual, even without any games to talk about. And that all starts this week, and I go throughout the whole winter, through to spring training, and so on and so forth. So as of today, the discussion is going to be action-packed, as always. We'll discuss the news from the past two weeks, including the coaching purge, Boone coming back, and I do know a lot of you are going to be very excited when you hear this, but I do also have a Cashman rant planned for after I talk about the coaching purge and Aaron Boone and I'm sure you're going to want to hear what I have to say about that. I also got some updates on some injured players in their recoveries over the winter that Brian Cashman and others gave. And then I'm going to see what you had to say about the coaching and Aaron Boone decisions in the social media segment to end the show. So let's get right into it. I'm going to give you the news first, my thoughts on all of it, and then listen to your thoughts on all of this. So let's have some fun. But before we get into the news, just a quick reminder that Yapping Yankees is being brought to you by, obviously, myself and the good people over at Ball9. Visit Ball9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball9. And also follow me, yours truly, on all social medias, my friends. Facebook fan page, at Mike Scudero NY. Twitter is at Mike Scudero, and Instagram is Mike Scuds 97 And please don't forget to also show some love to Yapping Yankees on all four platforms it's available on, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Okay, let's get on to all the news from this past week, and my God, as I said in the intro, is there a lot Now, like I also said, I wanted to originally start with the coaching purge with the episode I was supposed to do last week before canceling last minute because of what I had going on, but I ended up having to sideline that and combine it with this week with the Aaron Boone news from this past week, but because the coaching purge happened first last week, the week before this past one, that was going to be the discussion for last week, so this is a little delayed, I know, but this combined with the Aaron Boone stuff and the Brian Cashman press conference... Following the Boone stuff, there is just a lot to talk about, so let's dive into it. But first off, the coaching purge, as I've come to call it. We've got four coaches gone. Three of them let go, their contracts not being renewed for 2022, and one deciding to leave. The three of them not being renewed are Marcus Timms, Phil Nevin, and P.J. Pilater. Now, Marcus Timms, of course, is the hitting coach. Pilater is his assistant hitting coach, and Phil Nevin is the third base coach. Now, no official changes have been made as far as their replacements because nobody's been hired yet to take their places as of yet, but these guys are not coming back. They are not being retained for 2022. And number four, the fourth coach, who is a bit different because he is choosing to leave to actually return to his alma mater as a volunteer coach, And that is Reggie Willits, the first base coach and outfield instructor. And he is out as well. But again, he left to rejoin his alma mater's baseball program. So good for him. He's a different story. He wasn't fired or just not retained, however you want to put it. He chose to leave, but he's out too. So that's four coaches now. Now, 
My opinion on the coaches who were let go, the ones who will not be returning. I'll say this. While I think it's a bit strange to purge a portion of Boone's staff, but bring Aaron Boone back, and then choose another coaching staff to put around him, I don't know how much input Boone will have on that exactly. Nobody really knows how much input specifically Boone has on just about anything. But regardless, I just think it was a little strange to purge all these guys and or let Reggie Willits go. I mean, that was a decision on Willits's part. I'm not saying that's on the Yankees or anything, but you get what I'm trying to say. Letting these guys go and or not retaining them or whatever the reason may be, these four guys being gone while deciding to keep Boone around, I while I think that was a little strange with how the offense is mainly, I mean, in my opinion, these moves can't hurt, I guess. <laughs> I mean, listen, in a category like offense where, for years, the Yankees have been a top team in, all around in offense, they've always been known for their offensive capabilities for years now, but in a category where they've been known to really lead the way in all respects, and meanwhile watch them this year be nearly at the bottom of the barrel in the league, I mean, different perspectives on hitting certainly couldn't hurt in my opinion. And if the Yankees are truly intending to bring in new aspects and new philosophies, if they plan on bringing true balance to this roster, then maybe certain new guys they might want to get would help with those philosophies. Maybe they just didn't see eye-to-eye with Tims and Pilater anymore. So that's why I suppose I don't think these moves can hurt. I don't think different perspectives can hurt that much. And... Listen, I know there are lots of moving parts in this organization. We've talked about that a lot. (laughs) The decisions and teachings and philosophies don't come from any one person. It's a complex and, at times, maddening system. And you could place some blame on the dead ball for the offense or the lack thereof, or you could blame it on the underperforming. You could blame it on the construction of the roster. Those could all certainly be factors, or not. But regardless, bringing in some new hitting minds could spark changes, hopefully. And now those changes haven't been made yet because their replacements have not been hired. Only time will tell. We don't know who their replacements are. But as of now, in a year when we saw the offense take a turn for the worse like we've never seen before, where the Yankees in all respects, as I said in the past, would lead the way in nearly, it can't hurt. When it comes to offense, at least, when it comes to Tims and Pilater, I mean, like I said, I know there are a lot of moving parts between the things I mentioned before, and you also have to balance the analytical department takes on it and the philosophies that go all the way to the top in this organization, but maybe bringing in a couple of new guys isn't going to hurt that much. So as far as the hitting coach and assistant hitting coach in Tims and Pilater, they're purging, that's how I feel about that. As far as Phil Nevin... I don't need to tell you this, but base running as a whole, and this isn't fully on Nevin, I know that, don't misunderstand me, I'm just saying that he is a part of it though, but base running as a whole this year for the Yankees was yet another serious problem amongst all the other problems they had throughout the season, but especially in his case being the third base coach, being thrown out at home 22 times this year, 22 22 times the Yanks were thrown out at home plate this year in the regular season. Tied for the Royals for the major league lead in that category. 
And then, of course, we saw it again with Nevin's awful send in the wildcard game at Fenway. So, you know what? Another instance, in my opinion, of, you know, fine. I'm okay with the change. And I know Phil Nevin missed some time with COVID there, too. And I think it was Carlos Mendoza who had to take over there at third base for some time. But listen, change is needed, as we've all made very clear. And this is at least a good start, in my opinion, I guess. And we don't know fully because, again, the replacements have not been hired. But it's a start. I guess it's my opinion. It, it, it can't hurt to at least start here. Whether it be within the organization or on the field, change was needed. We all knew that. And I guess for now, this is a decent start. It's just, it's a start. That's how I feel. It's a start. So that's how I feel about the coaching purge from last week. Change of names, which is always welcome, but will it do much of anything? <laughs> we shall see, especially when the replacements are hired and we see if anything changes in the 2022 regular season. So that's my thoughts on the three of them. And of course, Willett's leaving for his alma mater. I mean, listen, some people found it strange to leave the Yankees and go back or just rather go to being a volunteer coach at their alma mater. But you know what? That's his choice. He wanted to go. He left. And best of luck to him. But that is yet another change. And honestly, it's a start. I still feel the same about that, even with Willett's. It's a start because base running was a massive problem this year. And maybe getting some new names in there, like with hitting, maybe it'll help. Because there's one thing for sure, whether it be within the organization or on the field, the Yankees definitely couldn't have afforded to go run this thing back with the exact same roster and the exact same staffs all over. They just couldn't afford to. So in my opinion, it's a start. And I hope that this is just the beginning. Now, (laughs) I know this is the one that everybody wants to hear. Speaking of you-know-who, this is the one that everybody's wanted me to talk about the last couple of weeks, especially after this past week when he was brought back. But our main man, Aaron Boone. As of this past Tuesday, Aaron Boone officially returned to no one's surprise, or at least it should be that way, but to much disappointment nonetheless by much of the Yankee community, And not even for the rumored two-year expected extension, but they bought him back for three years with an option for a fourth. An option for 2025. I'm going to be almost 30 at that time. (laughs) So we're going to be turning corners and turning pages for at least another three years, kids. (laughs) Now, all right. A lot of what I'm going to be saying about this, it's going to be a lot of things that I've already said in the past, and some things may surprise you, some things may not. Most of it shouldn't before if you've heard this show before and you've heard me talk about Aaron Boone at great length like I have. Now, obviously, Aaron Boone inherited a team after Girardi was let go after 2017, just missing the World Series by one game. Aaron Boone inherited that team. He inherited a young, promising team filled with lots of heart who missed the World Series by a single game. Starting in 2018, he's been here since then, and they haven't made it to the level that they were at in 2017 because they haven't made it past Game 6 of the ALCS since, and since then they've been regressing, as we definitely hit on last week and in many weeks prior. (laughs) So, that's not really that great for Boone, looks-wise. 
even though he has racked up a lot of wins in that time as manager. But a lot of people could argue that he inherited a team that was already winning a lot of games. (sighs) This discussion is filled with lots of points. I'm just going to try to hit on as many as possible. But this may or may not surprise some of you, but with Aaron Boone, I actually do not have as big a problem with him as many others do. Now, that's not to say that I don't get on him like he deserves to after some of the horrible decisions he makes in-game, because I do, and a great many of you know that, (laughs) and I have no problem doing it, just like I don't have a problem doing with any other sort of coach or leader in any of the teams I root for, even outside the Yankees. I'm not afraid to do that, and they should be held accountable, just like Aaron Boone should. So when he makes those awful decisions, I'm on him, like white on rice, like he deserves to be. But I actually don't believe that everything that's happened with the Yankees is his fault. Are there certain games where decisions he makes definitely plays a big part in the outcome of the game? Sure. Every manager has that every now and again. But I don't blame him for what's happened as much as a lot of other people do. I don't think Aaron Boone is the big problem. I've said many times before that the Yankees have a lot of beliefs, philosophies, and approaches that originate from either around him or above him in this organization. I do believe that, and I still do, even beyond this extension, which does surprise me. Don't get me wrong. I'm very surprised, and I'm not too happy with the fact that they actually went the extra mile and gave him three years, not only three years, but also an option for a fourth. That's a lot for a team that's come up short that's had much bigger expectations for these past five years of this window and has actually continued to regress as time goes along. I'm surprised that they bought into him that much. That much I'm surprised about and I'm not in agreement with. I expected an extension after the Yankees at least made the playoffs via the wild card, even if they went home right after. But if you remember me saying a lot throughout the season, a lot of what I said was that if the Yankees don't even make the playoffs, they may even be forced to make a change at manager with Aaron Boone, even if they do say that he would have been a very desired candidate if the Yankees were to let him go. A lot of rumors saying, oh, that the Padres would take him in five seconds or other teams, he'd be the number one managerial candidate. Fine. But a lot of what I said throughout the season, again, was that if the Yankees don't even make the playoffs, they might even have to make that change, even if Aaron Boone isn't to fully blame, like I've said. But he might end up being the scapegoat for the powers above him who are truly responsible for the Yankees doing this. And I said that everyone from top to bottom in this organization is to blame for what's taken place for the regressing the last few years overall, and especially for this year alone, for the extreme regression, both in the regular season, which they at least could hang their hat on in the past, especially in 2019 when they won 103 games, and they also had a good year in 18. They could hang their hat on that. But not even this year. This team, I think, was expected by many to not only win the pennant and even the World Series, but to also just crush the regular season, win the division with maybe 100-plus wins, and they won 92 games, and a great many of those 92 wins were as if everyone was getting their teeth pulled. So, this year was definitely, while the Yankees still had a winning season, especially given expectations, it can't be argued that this past season, 2021, was a massive disappointment. 
I don't want to hear any debate on that. And I did say that if they didn't even make the playoffs, the Yankees might have to make a change at manager. But since they did make the wild card, I did say since they managed to make the playoffs, even if they do get eliminated in the wild card game, which of course they did, then they'll probably find a way to bring Aaron Boone back. Because they made the playoffs. They can hang their head, oh, we made the playoffs. Because that's what the Yankees view nowadays as successful. They make the playoffs, then, you know, then that's fine. So when they made the wild card game, I then expected an Aaron Boone extension. I didn't know it for sure, but I expected it. And I was looking for around two years. That's what I was expecting to come out from the Yankees. But three years and an option for a fourth, that surprised me. I didn't expect them to buy in that much. And that, I think, is the main thing that got the Yankee community upset. And I can't fully blame anybody for being upset. Because while I don't believe Aaron Boone is the main problem, because there are a lot more moving parts here, as I said before, I do understand what he represents. And like I've said in the past, I mean, he doesn't represent the problem, the big problem. But a lot of people can say, and I have a tough time arguing with this, but these are my words, a lot of people could say that he is the mouthpiece that's representative of this organization's often passive mindset about their shortcomings. Aaron Boone's a good communicator. I think it's pretty obvious that's what he was primarily hired to do, even if he is starting to run out of those little expressions he uses every time the Yankees come up short. (laughs) But, and I think Aaron Boone's a good guy. I don't have a problem with Aaron Boone the guy. This is just discussion based off of him as a manager, as a baseball man. But, to be honest with you, I, I can't argue with people who just, who say that Aaron Boone returning and for this much time, no less, is a sign that the Yankees are not willing to change much. It could be that, or it could be that they just truly blame their shortcomings on the players, which we know could definitely be a factor because Hal Steinbrenner said as much even throughout the season. He blamed the Yankees and they're underperforming on the players, which a chunk of it definitely belongs to them. They're the ones out on the field. They are. Not arguing that much. But there's also plenty of other blame to go around between the philosophies, the fundamentals, the construction of the team that the rest of the organization at large needs to take responsibility for. That's what I've emphasized, and that's why I blame it a little bit on everybody. Nobody is exempt of blame in my eyes. No one. But I do not think that Aaron Boone is the problem. Because, like I said before... We don't know how much input Aaron Boone has with the decision-making in this organization. But one thing I can tell you is that everybody is basically more or less positive that Aaron Boone is not the end-all, be-all. Even as the manager. Even if in some other organizations the manager has more say, that's not the case here with the Yankees. The Yankees have a lot of moving parts. I've said this a lot today already. And I've said this in past weeks. They have the higher-ups. Hal Steinbrenner dictating how much money can be spent. Brian Cashman doing what he can with that money, whether he succeeded or failed with it. He succeeded in some areas and failed in others. And especially in the grand scheme of things, with the Yankees not winning a single title since 2009, and that being the only one they've won in 20 years, I mean, in that case, Brian Cashman has mainly failed in this century. He really has. 
but he has also made his individually good moves in that time and also his bad moves. But that's his responsibility, to use Hal's money to the best of his ability to put a winning team on the field. And also to enforce his own beliefs too, because trust me, a lot of the fundamentals and a lot of the philosophies of this team and the way they go about things, it comes from Cashman too. Which also leads me to something else I've said in the past when it comes to Aaron Boone, that if he is to not come back, that as long as Cashman sticks around, because the Steinbrenners love him so much, they clearly trust him with the organization, then they would probably just hire somebody else just like Boone is now anyway. So you've got to take that into account. You have the scouting departments. You have the analytical departments. You have the coaching. You have Aaron Boone. And then, of course, you have the players themselves. Between all the departments, the front office, the players on the field, there are a lot of factors in this team. A lot of moving parts. It's a big machine going on. And the last few years, it's been a regressing machine. But because there are that many moving parts... And we know Aaron Boone probably gives some input, obviously. I'm not saying he's a total puppet, but he definitely doesn't give anywhere near all the input. He's not the end-all, be-all by any means. And we've even had it confirmed by the Yankees themselves that they have a bunch of different people in on their decision-making. Aaron Boone is not the only problem. And that's why I don't have as big of an issue of him coming back as much as other people do. I think the three years and an option for a fourth is a bit much. (laughs) I'm not going to argue that with anybody. But I think this team's got much bigger problems than just Aaron Boone. Whether those problems are above him, amongst the higher-ups in the front office, which I think is very valid, whether it be around him with his coaching staff, which definitely could be as well, or with the players, who definitely share the blame themselves. And I think them bringing him back, no less at all, but especially for this much, really does enforce the fact that the Yankees do believe that the main problem with this team, even while clearly thinking that some coaching changes could change some things, it was the players. I think that's safe to say. And I do think because of that, we'll see some moves being made. Now, how many moves and which positions and how much money they spend? Well, a great deal of that's going to be decided with not only how much money the Yankees choose to spend this offseason and how much they want their payroll to go up, But it's also going to be decided by what happens with the new CBA, which will dictate how much money a team can spend before crossing the threshold. So there are a lot of things still at play here, all of which, again, we're going to be talking about all winter. Don't worry about it. But when it comes to this, I think it's obvious that the Yankees really truly blame the players more so than anything. And they do deserve blame, but you got to look at yourself in the mirror, too, if you're involved in this Yankee organization at any capacity. Because you share blame, too, for this failure. You do. But in my opinion, Boone is not the only problem here. And honestly, in a lot of respects, not all of them, but a lot, I think he's far from the worst. And I do think that, believe it or not, with a good staff around him and a team that's put on the field that will not underperform and actually perform to the back of their baseball cards, if you want to be old-fashioned about it, (laughs) or to their uh, baseball reference page or baseball savant page. I don't know what you use, but regardless, you know what I'm trying to say. But perhaps if he just has the right people around him and if the Yankees choose to improve the roster the way they should to provide more balance to the team, maybe Aaron Boone could hoist the trophy with the Yankees someday. And maybe he will be seen as not having been the main problem with the Yankees, as I've said today. 
and in the past. Or perhaps not. Maybe the Yankees won't win until after he's out of here someday, which is a long ways away after seeing this contract now. He could be here through 2025 if that option is exercised. But we're going to have him until at least then, but hopefully surrounded by a better staff and with the Yankees realizing their own shortcomings and the players performing up to their capabilities and providing more balance in this lineup with righties and lefties, contact and power, the whole deal. Maybe they could go out there and win even with him as manager, regardless of how little or great input he's putting into things. I've said I'm not his biggest fan, and I'm not. I'm not a fan of Aaron Boone. But I also don't think it's fair to put even a great deal to blame on him for what's taken place with the Yankees. I don't think he's nearly all to blame. I think he's part of it, but I also can't argue with the people who believe that him coming back, especially for this long is a sign that the Yankees aren't willing to acknowledge their own shortcomings, whether it be on their staff with Aaron Boone or even with the front office, and that he is a representation of that front office that refuses to acknowledge the errors with themselves, and that he is just a mouthpiece for their passive mindset. I can't really argue with that either. So, while I'm surprised that they brought him back for three years, especially with an option for a fourth... And I'm not the guy's biggest fan, and I cannot believe that I have to listen to those stupid expressions of his every time the Yankees come up short after every freaking game for many more years to come. I don't think that he is totally to blame, and I do think the Yankees have many more matters to attend to, in some areas even more important ones, than Aaron Boone. So I guess it's my opinion on it. I'm kind of whatever about it. Not thrilled about it. I'm not a fan of the guy, but I also don't think he's primarily to blame for everything. But I do also understand that people believe that he's just a mouthpiece for the passive front office and that he's a representation of their mindset, that he's just basically a mouthpiece for it. I get it. I do. Because in a lot of ways, we've seen that with him just constantly mimicking and echoing their thoughts on a lot of things, even if they're wrong. And who knows how the Yankees would look if Aaron Boone did have more input. It's something to ponder. Because we do know that Aaron Boone comes from a very knowledgeable baseball family. We've always heard about that. That his family has been in the game for decades and generations. And he has a great knowledge of the game. We've always heard this. With some of his in-game decisions, it's really hard to believe that. <laughs> but regardless, I don't, I don't deny that he does have a great deal of knowledge with many aspects of the game. But I also do disagree with a great many things he does in-game. And I understand how many of his non-supporters feel. I personally wouldn't have had a problem if they just let him go. And a lot of the Yankee community was upset with this. A lot of them were upset. I mean, he was on fire when this was announced. So I'm not surprised. I'm not really thrilled either, although I'm not just totally defeated by it. But nonetheless... Aaron Boone is back for at least another three years, at least, because of that option for a fourth. But those are my thoughts on it, really. I guess those are my thoughts. Now, as of the day that this was announced, of course, Brian Cashman also took to the podium alongside Boone and others. Obviously, Hal Steinbrenner spoke as well, but Cashman spoke, and as I said before, I do have a great deal to say about him and a lot of the updates and statements he gave as well. But he did give his updates amongst the rest of his usual rhetoric and 
his monotone, condescending voice at Tuesday's Zoom press conference. And some may consider what I'm about to say next nuclear. Fine, but I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. Because I was tired of this before, and I only grow more tired of it as time goes along. As the GM of the New York Yankees, the general manager of the New York Yankees, saying how dare anybody question when someone commits the dollars that Hal does, because that's one thing that Cashman said. He said, I hate to say this, but how dare anybody question Hal Steinbrenner when it comes to the amount of dollars he spends? Well, Brian, not only are we talking about the New York freaking Yankees here, who should be prepared to do whatever it takes this offseason, especially after a massively disappointing season like this one, when you all also stayed under the luxury tax, but also... Perhaps, as many including myself have said, maybe it's on you who manages that money. And yeah, you've said yourself that it's on you. But I'll do you one better, Brian. How dare you say how dare to anybody, any fan, who loves this team and just wants to see success, and although nobody's forcing them to, invests their time and money while you and your organization that you have an insane amount of say over continue to come up short every year as we head into year six of this window and continue to regress every year. How dare you say how dare to anybody? Take it down a notch, my man, because I've got news for you. You're obviously not going to win every single year. No team does. I know that. But stop acting like you've earned that tone of voice you use towards the criticism that you've earned. You've won one whole title in the last 20 years as Yankees general manager while talking about that dollar amount being given to you to spend that you say how dare people question. So maybe, even though you've had your good moves, no questioning that, I'm not denying that, I always give credit where credit is due, but maybe do the job better to the point of another championship and experience success in your ultimate goal again. Because guess what? When you do that, when you succeed in anything in life, that's usually when the noise dies down. That's when people shut up. Because when you're winning, they don't have anything to criticize. At least not the reasonable people like me. Easier said than done, I know. But my point with this rant is take the tone that you haven't earned down a notch as you continue to win nothing. And instead, take the criticism that you have earned... Figure these things out as we, again, head into year six of this window and continue to regress, and let's bring another damn trophy back to the Bronx so that you can earn that tone that you've used, so that you can earn those words that you've said when you say, how dare anybody, as you and your organization that you have a great deal of say over continue to come up short. So take those strong words and that tone of voice of yours, take it down a notch until you've earned it by winning something outside of a wild card berth in a year that you were supposed to at least win the pennant, which you also have not done in 12 years. And instead, 
take the criticism that you have earned, figure out how to use that money that Hal gives you to put a winning product on the field and a good staff in the front office and in the dugout, and let's bring a World Series back to the Yankees. That sound good enough for everybody? That was harsh, I know, but I just, I, I couldn't stand when Cashman said, how dare you? That just, I know what he meant by that, but that, that just dug me the wrong way. It dug me the wrong way. It just, it grinded my gears. It really, really did. And I've been holding this in for days ever since he said that. I don't like when someone who's earned criticism and just is not looking themselves in the mirror and is instead attacking other people who are just investing their time and money in their passion over this organization and going after them and saying, how dare they do anything? This is on you, Brian, and this is on your people. You're the ones failing every year. Don't say how dare you to anybody. And I acknowledged before that you said that you understand that this is definitely on you mainly because you construct the roster, and I appreciate that. So maybe you have done some looking in the mirror, but then you go and say how dare you to everyone else? I mean, you're a person. You can say whatever you want to anybody, but what gives you the right to have that sort of a mindset towards people? What winning warrants that statement because face it in the last 20 years payroll and resources and all of it in all years but one while there are good things to look at you have failed at the ultimate goal which is really at the end of the day especially for the New York Yankees is all that matters and in all years but one Going on 13 years ago, you have failed at accomplishing that goal. No matter how you look at it, no matter how you spin it, you have failed. All right. So anyway, outside of talking about the organization that day at the press conference, of course, Cashman also had some updates on some of the players who are going to be recovering from injuries throughout the winter. And I'll give some updates on those and some thoughts before heading on to the social media segment. But first up, DJ LeMayhew. He did officially have his sports hernia surgery. It's an eight-week recovery, so needless to say, he'll be more than ready for spring training. And if you recall, I said that I think DJ played most of, if not the entire season, not at full health. So we'll see if this surgery is a difference maker and... We see at least somewhat of a return to 2019 and 2020 DJ because if he does return, at least at some capacity, despite this past year just really mimicking a lot of what we saw of DJ in prior seasons throughout his career, then I think we can at least assume that he did not, in fact, play a chunk of the 2021 season healthy and that it could have been a factor in why we saw him come back down to earth from the player that we saw the two years prior. And that's what Cashman seems to believe could have happened too. Uh, Jameson Tyone is set to have surgery on that partially torn ankle tendon as well. And recovery for that is about five and a half months. But he obviously has the whole winter to rest. So towards the end of it, they'll see where he's at. And maybe we'll see him back at some point in April. I assume he wouldn't be out too far into the season if he is to miss the start of the season. Maybe just... I don't know, a few weeks in while he ramps back up. I don't know. 
But the good thing is that it's happening now, and he has the entire winter to rest, so they'll see where he's at when all is said and done at the end of the winter. Aaron Hicks. Yes, Aaron Hicks, in case you forgot about him, (laughs) who missed the vast majority of the season with the wrist surgery, if you remember, that he got very early on in the year. He should be ready to pick things up again by December and hopes to even play winter ball. Now, obviously, because of how long he's been out, obviously, I haven't spoken about Aaron Hicks in a very long time. It's been a lot of months. But many of you know, especially you longtime listeners, that as a player, I don't really care much for Aaron Hicks. I I really don't. But if he's going to be here, then you can only hope he performs somehow. I mean, if he's going to be here, you hope he performs and contributes for the team, right? He's still on the team, so you want him to do well. (laughs) But I just personally don't care for him too much as a player, because if you look at all facets of his game... Even look at his defense, which was a massive strength of his prior. That's diminished the last couple of seasons. And his bat, although making appearances here and there, it's it's nothing to write home about. It really isn't. The defense has taken such a step back, especially since he got Tommy John, because a massive aspect of Aaron Hicks's defense was his arm. He had a terrific arm. He even had good range in the outfield, which seemed to take a hit as well. He wasn't getting the range before he got hurt that he had before. And then he got Tommy John surgery, and his gun of an arm prior, it became a wet noodle. It was clear that it just wasn't the same after the surgery. So his defense, which was his main strength prior, took a massive hit range-wise, arm strength-wise, just all of it. And his bat, I mean, it's great that he's a switch hitter, I guess, but you're not really getting much out of the bat. The guy walks a lot, and he hits home runs here and there, but the Yankees could do better in center field. They could do better. Much better. And if you want to throw some suggestions my way, then we could talk about it. That could be the topic of a future episode. I think Aaron Hicks is a decent player at best. And I at least had his defense to hang my hat on before, but as of before he got hurt with the wrist, and even after the Tommy John surgery prior, I didn't even have that anymore. So, that's the deal with Aaron Hicks, but in any event, he's going to be ready to pick things up in December, maybe even January, and then maybe his playing winter ball and going into spring training already in the groove, in the swing of things, pun intended. (laughs) Um, Maybe he'll be better? I don't know. (laughs) I really don't. I, I don't... I don't believe much in Hicks. I hope he proves me wrong if he's still going to be here. He's amidst that seven-year contract the Yankees signed him to now, so he's probably not going anywhere unless they could eat his money. I don't know. Fortunately, he's only making $10 million average a year, but still, his value isn't very great right now because not only does his bat not do too much and his defense is diminished, but he also can't stay healthy for the life of him. He's never healthy. So that's the deal with Aaron Hicks, and that's his timeline He'll pick things up in December or January and then play winter ball after that. Luke Voigt, if he's still here by then and doesn't get traded this winter at some point, which I expect him to, is expected to be ready by spring training. And we've spoken at length about how he was used in the second half when he was healthy, or how he wasn't used, I should say, and how he could possibly be traded, especially if he wanted out which many fans, including myself, wouldn't blame him for, despite how low his value may be because of his inability to play defense or stay healthy much of the time. But the guy could still hit. And that's why some people were saying, including myself, how many times did I scream this, that you could have played Stanton in the outfield much more often, Stanton did great out there, you could have had Rizzo at first, and you could have had Voight DHing. But they chose to just not do that. 
They chose to not use the one aspect of his game that was good, even amidst him being really hot at the time and winning the Player of the Week award. They decided not to use Luke Voigt's bat. But we'll see what the offseason holds for him. But if for some reason he is still here, he would be ready for spring training despite his injuries. The latest one being to his knee. So those are the injury updates for this winter so far. And we'll, that'll probably change a long time if anybody heals quicker than expected or does whatever. And I'll have updates for you all throughout. But Cashman also said that they'll be addressing each position, blah, blah, blah. You know the deal. <laughs> Same thing every winter. We'll be addressing this and, and we'll evaluate if this is worth looking into or if that guy's worth it or what, how much money it'll cost. You know, the main spiel every single year, the same thing. The main positions I care about, as we've said, and as we'll continue to talk about in the coming weeks, are shortstop primarily. The Yankees need a shortstop because, as we've said, Glaber Torres, and especially given what Cashman said about liking how Glaber slid back in at second base and how he looked comfortable overall again, which is definitely true. You can have Glaber at second. Nobody knows for first base as of yet, but as for third and short, shortstop with Glaber moving over to second is completely open if you're not going to put Geo there, and that's not even Geo's primary position. And then it, since DJ's not going anywhere, since he just completed the first year of his six-year contract, he doesn't play short, so you're probably going to stick him at third. If you do get a solid first baseman, whether it be getting someone like Olsen or bringing Rizzo back, then DJ's probably going to have to go to third. Shortstop's wide open, no place for Geo. he's probably the odd man out, but you need a shortstop. And this winter, you got guys like Correa, or Seager, or Story out there, or maybe even a lame defensive stopgap before Volpe or Peraza down in the minors are ready to go with someone like Andrelton Simmons. And just a little spoiler alert, shortstop is the position we're going to be tackling for next week's episode, so just hang tight on that. <laughs> but you also have catcher, you even have that. Are you giving up on Gary Sanchez or not? And if you do, who do you get with the limited catching talent out there? First base, with Rizzo being a free agent following the end of the World Series, do you bring him back? I mean, I probably do if the price is right. Or do you get someone like Matt Olson? What do you have to give away for a guy like Olson, a terrific first baseman with years of control left? You're going to have to give away a lot. <laughs> Frazier and Andujar are not going to get it done. As much as the Yankee community wishes it would, I got news for you. It's not. So stop saying that. Whether you're just saying it to be funny or whether you're saying it to be serious. Stop. If you're serious, it's not going to get done. If you're trying to be funny, you're not. That's all there is to it. But do you bring Rizzo back, or do you get someone like Olsen? Or maybe if you don't want to stick DJ at third, you want to keep Geo and get that all-star shortstop. You want to put DJ at first, and you could do that too. There's a bunch of different ways you could do this. But they mainly rearranged this infield in the hopes of Glaber being their shortstop for the future, which obviously spectacularly failed. And even Brian Cashman acknowledged that. Didn't go the way he had hoped, he said. Well, now you got a problem. With Glaber having to shift back to second base, you're going to have to figure out what to do about shortstop now and what you're going to do at first and third as well. It's a lot, guys. The list just goes on and on about what the Yankees could do this winter. And so much can happen, my friends. The operative word being can. Doesn't mean they will. <laughs> but... Now, after giving my opinions on the coaching purge, Boone returning, and hitting on Cashman's updates and his statements, now, to end the show, I want to hear from you in this week's social media segment with what the Yanks have done with the coaching staff so far and bringing Boone back. I want to hear your thoughts. So let's go on over to Twitter. We'll read maybe, I don't know, like 10, something like that, 10 replies. See what you 
the listeners, the fans, the passionate fans who just want to see another damn championship think about what the Yankees have done so far at the very beginning of their offseason with the coaching staff so far and Aaron Boone. And that's what I asked you to comment about. What are your thoughts on the coaching purge and Aaron Boone sticking around? First up, we've got Rob at Laker 477. And Rob says, I'm extremely happy that they're making changes with the coaching staff. As far as Boone sticking around, well, my mom taught me not to use the words necessary to express my true feelings. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And when it comes to Aaron Boone, I, I expect to get a lot of replies of this. I, I do. Like I said before, the Yankee community, when it comes to this, was on fire about it. <laughs> I expect a lot of replies like that. I really, really do. Up next is at Omaha Yankee Fan 1 saying, I expect some lineup turnover bringing Boone back. It was clear that the players are taking the fall here based on Hal's comments earlier this year. The question is, how big of a turnover will it be? Yeah, that's the question, and that's exactly what I said before, especially given Hal's segments earlier in the year, or statements, I should say. It really is obvious that alongside some of the coaches perhaps too, since they chose not to retain some of them, that the blame is mainly being put on the players. I said the same thing, and it is obvious that that's the case, man. I agree. And there probably will be moves done, but who knows how many and who they are. That's the deal. And who even knows who they are for the coaches either? Because the coaching replacements have not been announced yet. Next, we have Rebecca at Peace Now for Life. And Rebecca says... I'm happy that a lot of the coaching staff is gone, but to be honest, I'm okay that Boone is coming back. If they replaced him, it would have been with someone exactly like him. I like Boone, and I'd love to see this team win a World Series with him. That was a point that I made before Rebecca as well, and I said that I said that many weeks prior throughout the entire season, and even before the season started, I think, that if the Yankees were to get rid of Boone, as long as Brian Cashman and many of the higher-ups in the front office remain, that's just what it's going to be. It's going to be a bunch of Boones being hired, in my opinion, because that's just the way the Yankees are going now. So even if they got rid of Boone, I agree, Rebecca. Like I've said many times, it would probably be someone with a very similar pedigree to him. Very similar. I agree with that. And like I said, maybe with the right people around him, under him, above him in certain areas, maybe they can win with him. I mean, that's what you hope for. All that we're rooting for here, collectively, no matter what we agree on and disagree on, on smaller, big issues with the Yankees, we're all collectively rooting for that one big goal in the end, a championship. And if they could figure out how to win one with Aaron Boone, then great, just win one! (laughs) Alright, up next is... At B. Bear. I have no idea how to pronounce that, but I'm just going to go with that. (laughs) And they say, Purging the staff neuters Boone. That makes keeping him worse than firing him. And I wasn't necessarily in favor of that. Well, yeah, that's what I said before, too. I I mentioned something along the lines of thinking that it was a little strange to not retain the people he chose, but then keep him around and then choose the people for him. Maybe he'll have some input on who he chooses to replace them. But, you know, it was, a little, it was a little odd to me, but maybe they can make it work. Maybe they can. At SirGerm88 says, I have no problem with the coaching firings, but why give Boone three years and an option after three? Is Cashman really that power-hungry as general manager? 
I said it too. I said that the three years with the fourth option year is it was surprising to me too. I didn't expect them to buy in on him that much. Since they made the playoffs, I assumed they were going to bring him back, and I was saying to myself, oh, maybe they'll do something like, like two years or something. Three years with an option for a fourth, that surprised me. So while I wasn't surprised he was coming back, I was surprised with the contract. So I hear you there. Vince at VJL33 is next, and Vince says it was mostly a player problem. Cashman will make a few adjustments. Boone's game time decisions and holding players accountable with consequence must get better too, though. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like I said, I think everyone's to blame, and the players are too. A great many of them underperformed this year, maybe with the exception of Judge and Stanton, who just carried the team, especially down the stretch, even into the playoffs. But... Hopefully Cashman will make those necessary adjustments. And Boone's decisions, which I even said I get on him too, like I do anybody who's in charge of the decision-making with any teams that I root for, just as anybody else does with their respective managers and whatnot, I do the same thing. And they should be gotten on for that. And hopefully his decisions do improve and holding players more accountable. But he always goes to bat for the players, Boone. And that's, that's probably partially why the players do love him so much. They have a great relationship with him. That's all they ever talk about. The players love him. The organization loves him. You hear that all the time. So I, I do agree with your comment, Vince. Very fair all around. At Mountain Gal 456, my good friend Tina says, I'm fine with the coaching purge. Also, I'm fine with Boone staying. Even with some of his bonehead moves, the players made enough of their own bonehead moves too. It wasn't all on him. Injuries didn't do us any favors either. Players have a good relationship with Boone, so there's that. Yeah, that's pretty much a recap of everything I've said, Tina. That's that's fair, and especially with everybody having a good relationship with him, you better believe that means a lot to the Yankees, too. That's a chunk of why he's back as well. Because especially with, like, Girardi, you always hear about how hard he was on Gary Sanchez, per se. Meanwhile, if that was true, I mean, that was... When Girardi was here, that was the last time that Gary Sanchez was a dominant catcher. But that story aside... Yeah, I guess how well the players get along with him, that must mean a lot to the organization because they mentioned that a lot, how much they love him and everything. But you're right. Injuries didn't help. A lot of it's on the players too. You're right. It does fall on Boone somewhat. It does. He's not exempt of it. No one is, like I said. But they got bigger things to attend to than Aaron Boone, in my opinion. Mark at BXHoyT55 says, I guess we have to live with it. But a hitting coach with a new philosophy could help. Yeah, it could. I mean, who knows? We won't know until the season starts with the new hitting coach and the new assistant hitting coach, too, since both were let go this offseason in Pilater and, and Tim's. But yeah, it could. I mean, who knows? It can't hurt to see. At J Hirsch 99, and they say, I can't believe it's come to this, but the Yankees should have taken a lesson from the Knicks. The improvement in the team last year versus the prior year under Fisdale should be instructive. An experienced coach with a plan can make all the difference. Well, listen, I myself even said how much I'd like for the Yankees to finally hire someone who's been there and done it before. I would like that. But you also have to realize that the way the Knicks choose to run things and the way the Yankees choose to run things organizationally are in completely separate galaxies. (laughs) So the Yankees aren't just going to do that, but I understand, I guess. 
at NYYSportsFan96 says, I like that Phil Nevin is gone because the Yankees ran into a lot of outs at home this season when they had a chance to score more runs. And as for Boone, I didn't want him back, but here we are. Nothing we can do about him being back. Yeah, I, yeah, listen, with Phil Nevin, with the outs at home, I mentioned that as a thing too. I did, even if a part of those were also when he was out from COVID. But it's a stat that can't be ignored. It is a statistic. Next we have, let's zoom through some more. At Jennifer NYC says, you know I hate it. I do not want to see Boone again, but here we go. Well, yeah, now I know you hate it. (laughs) But yeah, he's back. At NYY1523 says, Boone was kept because he's the good guy and plays Cashman's game. He'll continue to do what he does with the media and front office. The new coaches will be the quote-unquote bad guys and be tougher on the players. Basically, Boone is the branch manager and the coaches are the supervisors. That's the way some people view the Yankee organization being run these days, and it's, it's tough to disagree with that, the way that... Things seem to run from top to bottom, and you see and you listen, and yeah, (laughs) that's the way some people view Aaron Boone, and like I said that before, it's tough to disagree with that given how things go and how things are said, and you hear certain things from people within the organization sometimes, it's tough to ignore sometimes. At Overreacting YA1 says, honestly, if Cashman is still the GM, I don't think it matters who the head coach is or manager, and I don't have any issue with Boone remaining. Yeah, like I said, Cashman has an unbelievable amount of say in how things go within this organization. He basically has the reins. We know that. So, and that's what I said before. As long as he's still there, you have to imagine that even if they replaced Boone, it would be with someone similar. That's just the way it's run. So yeah, I can't really say much to refute that. I really can't. My friend Spencer, musician DMD, says, I'm in the quiet minority of fans who support re-signing Boone. I understand how the more vocal New York Yankee fan feels, but I felt much of it was wanting change for the sake of change and the belief that that would put the New York Yankees on track to a title. He won 92 games. The players like him. And in 2021, managing is very different compared to managing even 10 seasons ago. Tim's I had no problem with. Nevin is a good guy, but he sealed his fate sending 99 home in the wildcard game. It was an irreversible offense. Yeah, I hear you. A lot of people do want change for the sake of change. But I think it's safe to say that for this season, especially given the expectations heading in, and rightfully so given the roster on paper, that 92 games was not that impressive compared to what was expected, number one. And number two, I think after a season that was as massively disappointing and and coming up short as 2021 was, for the lack of a better term right now, I think it's valid to want change in certain areas, especially in areas like offense, when numbers were lower than they've been for years. And for what reason? I mean, you could throw any out there. Plenty of factors I threw out there before, and even more. So... Wanting change, I understand, but there are definitely some other people out there who definitely just want to change just for the sake of change and for no other reason, but particularly in areas that were weighed down this year that there's just little to no explanation for, I don't think it's out that, that outrageous to want change, but you know, Tim's, I mean, who knows how big, of a, how, how big of a part he had in the offense being so massively down this year. I mean, the only way we're going to find out about that is 
how things go under a new hitting coach or a new assistant hitting coach as well. And if there's a significant change from top to bottom, then I think you have your answer. But yeah, with Nevin too, yeah, that like I said before, the send was just awful. And that could have definitely played a role in them not bringing him back for sure. All right, let's maybe do a couple more because we've breezed through a lot here in the last 10 minutes. Uh, let's see. At Renee Shoneman, and they say, Glad the purge happened, but it would have been complete if Boone were let go as well. Yeah, a lot of people have said that. Doesn't really make sense to get rid of them, but then keep Boone around. I know, I, I hear you. Let's go to at W side, and they say, Yankees have much bigger concerns than Boone in resurrecting their status as a perennial champion. Improve situational and contact hitting, upgrade shortstop, center field, and catcher. Boone is a problem, but not the problem. Yeah, that I agree with. I said that before, that I think that Boone is a problem, but not the problem. Not even the main problem. I agree with that. I really do. They need to improve things on the field, and maybe new philosophies in the coaching staff will help, but also in the front office. They deserve blame too, but you know guys like Cashman aren't going anywhere. So, we just have to see, but I agree, dude. I really, really do. That's That comment is very close to my own thoughts. At DJ Minyard Inc. underscore says, Not surprised that Boone stayed. Honestly, not even mad about it because the Yanks' issues extend further than who the manager is. Yeah, I can understand that. I can. That's a lot of what I thought, too. I'm, I'm not a fan of Boone, and I wouldn't have cared if they let him go. I don't care. <laughs> but, I mean, they have bigger problems. They do. Whether it be on the field or around him or above him. They have bigger problems. All right, I think I've done like around 15 replies. I've really flown through them. Let's just do a couple of more, and then we'll read a couple over on Instagram, and then we'll wrap this up. Up next is at Jason Flaum, and Jason says, Love that they kept Blake. Pitching staff showed great improvement and resiliency this past year. Absolutely, Jason. And when I was talking, I think I even mentioned this last week. I don't know for sure, but I think I did. Or two weeks ago, I should say. I took off last week. That if they were to purge the staff the way they did, I mean, the only one that would make sense to keep is Matt Blake because the pitching was better than it's been in years. And guys had great turnarounds, and he really just made this staff, whether it be in the bullpen or the starting rotation, really take those next steps and really helped guys master their craft. I mean, he did great. I mean, he deserves a lot of credit, I think. He's really the main and only one that makes sense to have kept around, so I agree with that. All right, one more. At Ronin1957 says, It's a joke. If they were serious about cleaning house, then Boone should have been purged along with the rest of them. Yeah, and I wouldn't I wouldn't have minded. Like I said, I wouldn't have minded if they gotten rid of him. But given the fact of who's above him, they probably would have brought in someone else just like him. <laughs> so I understand. Like I said, I understand these kind of comments and the frustration. And that's why I also said that Cashman really doesn't have the right. I mean, he does, and but because he's a person, he can say what he wants. Doesn't need some schmuck doing a podcast like me telling him what to say and what not to say. But it just isn't right to be able to get mad at other people for his own shortcomings and for being frustrated like this because they've come up short every year. Not only in this window, but since 09. Some years badly short. So, I can't blame anybody for being frustrated. I just can't. And like you guys who aren't Boone fans, I'm not a Boone fan either, and I wouldn't have minded if he went, but there's also just accepting the other realities. How 
someone who's similar to him probably would have come in anyway, and that he's by far not the end-all, be-all in this organization. And while it might not make sense to get rid of the coaches around him and not him, getting rid of him wouldn't really solve all that much in my opinion either. Maybe it would change who's making some of the in-game decisions, yeah, and that does have an effect on certain games, I'm not arguing that. But in the grand scheme of things, he's not the main problem. Not with this organization. In other organizations, maybe the manager's more of a problem than in this one. But not this one. Not that much. That's just my take on it. But anyway, thank you all on Twitter who replied. I mean, there were so many more. Probably triple or quadruple the amount that I went through. I mean, a lot of people just... Every week, you guys are amazing with the interactions. I just can't get to all of you. I'm sorry. But I tried to get to as many as I could. These were the ones that I saw. I went way over 10. I really try with you guys. I really do. But thank you all so much, nonetheless, for all of your interactions. If you want to see the rest of the ones that I didn't get to for yourself, then go right on over to my Twitter page, at Mike Scudero on Twitter. Go down, find the tweet on my page, scroll, you know the deal. Find the social media tweet, and all the comments are in the replies for you to see for yourself. But let's head on over to Instagram really quick. We'll just read a couple of replies on there to the same question, and then we'll end for today and move on to next week with the second episode next week of this offseason. Over on Instagram, obviously, again, same question. What are your thoughts on the coaching purge and Aaron Boone sticking around? First up is Grunt Talk Steam, and they say, good that the coaches are gone, but Boone being back isn't great. Regardless, we both know the roster needs a shakeup. Yeah, they do. They do. And we've spoken about it a little bit the last couple of weeks, but week by week for the rest of the offseason, we're going to go position by position and dissect it all where the Yankees could improve and with who. And it's going to be good. It is. So I agree. The roster is very important to shake up. That's where a lot of the changes should come along with the front office, even though you're really not going to see anything happen there. <laughs> so. Up next here on Instagram is Laura underscore Icemont. And Laura says, I'm fine with everything that happened. Obviously, a lot of us, like myself, would have loved to have a different manager. But considering all the other manager options out there, it makes sense that the Yankees would bring back Boone. With that being said, it makes sense to purge the coaching in return. The Yankees offense was horrific to watch this season, and it was time for a change there of any sort. I'm hoping we'll find a hitting coach that will be like how Matt Blake was for the pitchers. Yeah, that'd be ideal because if if they did, then you'd see a massive improvement with the hitters too, perhaps, because Matt Blake brought improvement to the pitching. Like, you didn't really see as much under guys like Larry Rothschild. So I hear you, Laura, and I agree with your comment. I do. Then I had Vamos Yankees, and they say, it's idiotic. <laughs> okay. Straight, simple, to the point. I respect it. Then we had my girlfriend Vic Salimo, and Vic says, I feel that changing coaches is a step in the right direction, and as much as I wanted to see Boone let go, him staying is not my biggest concern with this team. At the end of the day, our guys need to play with the mindset to win and have the motivation to fight for it. Yeah, I agree. I would like to see Boone let go too. I'm not a fan of his, but... I also acknowledge the reality of the situation that he's not the biggest problem. And even if they let him go, not only would another team grab him up immediately, that's what they say about Cashman too, if they were to let him go, but I mean, they'd probably bring someone very similar to him in. That's just the fact. And although not all the blame falls on the players, a chunk of it does, and they need to play better. They do. So I agree, Vic. 
Last but not least, as always, my mom, Julia Gina Scudero, another novel we got here. <laughs> she says, I think getting rid of the coaches was the very least they could do so far, but I'll give them credit for starting a cleanup. But as for Aaron Boone and Cashman still being around is the biggest joke. Are you kidding me? Do these people love showing off a $200 million team who played the way they did this season? This sucks. Boone is not a leader. He can't even answer questions after losing games to the ability that he should. I'm not even going to say what I think about Brian Cashman. Either way, I'm hoping we'll see more of these guys on the unemployment roster soon. I think I covered my feelings on this question. Yeah, I think you did too, Mom. <laughs> but yeah, listen, another frustrated fan. I can't blame you for that. I just can't. Can't blame you for being frustrated. <sighs> but with that being said, <laughs> thank you to each and every one of you both whether it be on Instagram or Twitter, for all the interactions again. I love you guys so much. You're the absolute best. This had a lot of discussion, and I know it was a longer episode for an off-season edition, but because I missed last week, I had to combine a lot of things between the coaching, Aaron Boone, and what Cashman said, and your social media replies and thoughts. So as much fun as I had doing this episode, like always, that is all for episode 117 of Yapping Yankees today, my friends. Remember to follow me on all social medias, Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY, on Twitter it's at Mike Scudero, and on Instagram at MikeScuds97. Subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four platforms it's available on, guys, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Leave a like below on YouTube if you're listening there, leave a review on all others, show it some love, and if you have the time... Listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you might have missed. Episodes 34 up to episode 117 today are available on YouTube, and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Once again, thank you, 3000, for listening to me yap today. As always, guys, I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, October 31st, when I come at you with episode 118 of Yapping Yankees on the worst holiday, air quotes around holiday, of the year. And I am not accepting debate on that at this time or any time. But until then, guys, hang in there, be patient, please stay safe, look out for your loved ones, and enjoy your week, my friends. Take care. Take care.